Welcome to the Prime Leadership Podcast, where we keep you informed about the newest trends and discussions in the UK engineering and manufacturing sector. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Prime Workforce, dedicated to assisting leaders in engineering and manufacturing across the UK in recruiting the right talent for their leadership and management needs. Visit prime-workforce.co.uk. This week, I'd like to introduce Graham Townsend. Graham, could you give our listeners an insight into into your background experience? Just a brief insight. Yes, sure. So I've been working within manufacturing now for over fourteen years, mostly in some in technical roles around IT and so on. So my past three years have been specifically around manufacturing analytics, and before that, it was in the other technical areas. Action execution standardization, RP system standardization, and before that, technical architecture, and even even earlier than that, from software development. So, not really manufacturing background, but I've been within manufacturing for a long time. So, hopefully, I'm not standing around asking engineers stupid questions now. Good, good. And, and obviously, the topic that we are going to discuss today is bottom up approach to applying analytics within manufacturing. And, and you know, that could be you know, large manufacturing organizations all the way down to small, you know, and, and it pops into my head, you know, so, so we're starting off bottom-up approach, but why start from the bottom-up? And it's such a huge area. And to be fair, we're, even though we're a $2 billion company, we're still, everything has to be kind of cost-driven and focused. And we, it's, uh, there's all kinds of things you need around specialists or on the surface, you need specialist hardware, big project. Every person we can see from external companies has talked about very expensive software packages and and so on. And from for us, that just is a is a is a no deal. We need to we want to start somewhere small, somewhere targeted. So we've we've got lots of stuff sitting around. We have very clever engineers and people with statistical backgrounds, various other backgrounds. For for us, we thought we should be looking at what we can do to get started with what we have. They say data is the new oil. I want to just give all of that out to some third party to do what they have. That's actually our IP. So we want to kind of iron for ourselves. There are obviously skills gaps and some we have to address, but, and it's a huge subject. But we need we want to start some, with something small and tangible so we could to to uh, we could show that we have real benefits before we could actually kind of scale that up and give, give it on there because there's no way we get funding. Steam indeed would go nowhere. Yeah, okay. And, 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 you know, I know we've kind of just jumped straight in there and that was my fault. But, you know, give us an, an, an overview of, your, of the business you work for, you know, and, you know, and, and, and what they do. Oh, of course, yes. So um, we're a, a American-based composite material manufacturer. So we mainly focus on aerospace. Okay. And we have got a wide range of manufacturing processes. So on one end, we make actual parts for aircraft. And on the, on the very far end, we make, we have chemical processes to kind of build some of those base materials. So we go from raw chemicals to processed materials such as carbon fiber and resin systems through to composite materials where we combine those resin systems and fibers together to make you composite with different strengths, yeah. and then that can go into different parts. At the different stages, we are buying materials in and out, and huge growth for 
a different material for our business. So we're very focused on the materials we have and the different properties they can have. We're quite vertically integrated. So there's lots of different points we have and different levels of maturity in terms of what we can capture and what we can do with what we have. Interesting. No, interesting. I used to work with a business actually in Scotland that does, it's similar to a certain extent, one does a chemical process where they use a resin to glue you know, the, the product that they'll supply is a resin. Then another one that um, a, a cloth, which was like bomb-proof, you know, it's like, you know, fibres integrating anyway. Anyway, mm. I'm, I'm digressing and rambling. Um, but, you know, coming back to the to, to, to the topic, because that'll, you know, that, that, that brings in your relevance because you're actually breathing manufacturing, you're in manufacturing, you know. So, you know, if I'm a business leader within a manufacturing uh, facility and really interested in how analytics work and how I can use that to better the business, where where would you start? Where would you begin? So I, I would start this with some kind of tangible pain point we currently have. So some, usually for, for us, we would look at something in terms of where can we take cost out? That's normally the easiest place to look. So we'd look at how could we improve yield? How could or, or where would we like to improve yield yeah. more accurately? Where, where could we reduce the cost of a process? Where could we make it more stable? Where could we, so we have all kinds of different quality parameters around our material. So where could we make them more stable or bump them up or click them down, depending on as they would be? So we'd find there, and usually, usually it's where we would go, whoever's, wherever is our biggest problem right now, that's normally where people are going to be engaged and focused. So let's, go pick one of those up. So that's normally where we find a key business problem to go after. In terms of actually taking that forward to something which uh, into the realm of data collection, we would then, around that problem, we get get a group together, some people who know about the data that's there, so what data we have right now, and some people who know have ideas on ignoring what what we know about the information, what might actually push that forward. So if you get a bunch of engineers together and researchers, depending on what you have in your business, they'll have ideas on how you could get yield up, how you could drive that, yeah. move that needle for that quality parameter. And if you get those down, what we've what we found really useful is to have that small group of people in the room for an hour or two, maybe, just go through and come up with different sort of hypotheses, and then we rate them for along the lines of how likely they are to be true. You know, is this some wild idea which had small, you know, based on our scientific or gut feeling, is that quite likely to be the case? And how easy, how accessible is it to get that data? Is that something that's readily available? Is that hard? And ideally, we'd have a few hypotheses which are easy to get the data hold of and likely to be true. And then normally where we go, go stuck. Do you, do you feel as if it's, it's, it's very, it's important or the most important that collaboration in terms of integrating analytics within your manufacturing business, the collaboration of um, of the people within the business is the most important part to, to, to start doing it. Absolutely. Um, if, if, we do, if we, without that collaboration, we would be nowhere yeah. because there's, well, well data science is a, and analytics is a wonderful thing, but uh, if you don't have that kind of initial bit, technical understanding about your product that's really where all the knowledge lies in the company today and 
without that, you're kind of shooting in the dark. We've uh, we've worked with third third party companies outside, and the amount of time it takes to get just like say one one contractor up to speed on how our business works and different stages, it's it's a long long time. Really, we're we're much better on just keeping someone engaged who already knows that stuff, and we can kind of augment that with skills to kind of better analyze it and bring it in. So. Without, without that collaboration, you'd be trying to have one person or a separate team learn everything, and that just it just doesn't work. And, and have you had much experience? I'm just thinking outside the box now, totally, you know, because typically what you've got, so say, for example, it's, it's a very good, profitable business, um, don't know, family-owned, been going for 50 years. What they've got is, uh, you know, the second generation or third generations taking over the business and they've came, you know, where these, you know, great drive determination wants to embrace technology, wants to embrace data and do all this good stuff to then take the business to the next level. You know, have you had much, much interaction with that type of business or is that something you see any, you know, you know, is it, is it less... Less prominent. What's the so we? I've not worked with small business is directly of that kind of size. I would say could we have lots of plants individually and they'll make different products. And yeah, lots of them have been acquired. There's kind of a family cult in a lot of those. Coming there's kind of established engineers who we've been doing this for years and some some cases two generations. We know what we're doing. There's nothing technology can teach us. Um, there's kind of a, there's a kind of cultural thing to slowly work on there and certainly in, in that it's got to be coming back to what I said before it's got to be around some important business issue if the business is running well and there's nothing that seems to be need to be uh, moved it's, it's very hard to get kind of something in there because what's it going to do if no one's really focused or passionate about moving it then uh, it, it needs a, a leader or a driver in that space so if there's like some serious cost constraint yeah. you've got competitors nearby and they're trying to push your cost down, you need to find an, a new way to cut, take some money out to keep yourself profitable. And you've got a pretty good driver there to focus on and, 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 uh, and work towards. So if, if that, if that's down a family business, I could see that working, but without that, it's why change for the sake of change? Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and, 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 you know, it's a bad example. It's say in the family business, given that you know it's more the smaller business and how that how they adapt to that change and, and how they would embrace it. And, and you know, with regards to the benefits of using analytics, you know, what's the sort of overall benefits that a that a business leader could gain from bringing all the pieces together, so they've got full view of how their business is performing or spot the gaps of you know what is not performing. Mm-hmm. It's usually the speed of uh, getting that information. So, if you don't have a proper collection and strategy in place, then getting an answer to a business question can take days, weeks, yeah. and often even if you get an answer in weeks, if you're a larger company, you'll have multiple people involved in collecting that information, and they will kind of put their own spin on it. Yeah. So you'll have one team will kind of spin it that one way to make it look better. Others will spin it another way to make it look a bit better. And a really good ca- good case around that is OEE, so overall equipment effectiveness, at least for yeah. us. It's uh, 
meant to be a standard metric, but you know, depending on how you uh, tweak the numbers, you can make yourself look fantastic with a few little adjustments. And unless unless you've got a consistent way of collecting that data that's uh, been thought about, then you, you're not really comparing apples with apples. That makes sense. And 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 now, so I've touched on you know. Right at the start, you mentioned, you know, where you would begin would be looking at one specific area. You know, if you've got various areas that you've looked at, you know, how do you go from, you know, a couple of different trails to something that's more robust and scalable, such as the business that you work with? Because you've obviously been on that journey. So how would somebody go from that? Uh, so, so for us, we've gone through, when we go through several of these iterations, we start to see patterns emerging. So and uh, so, we like to keep doing the experiments because it keeps us learning kind of new information on there. But there's a f- five different areas that we tend to to see. So the da- data collection strategy is a key one I touched on. So mm. we start need to think about what we need to be collecting more systematically. And for us, because we're we have so many different stages to our manufacturing process, a really key thing for us is genealogy. What material went into what. If we don't have a good collection strategy around that at every stage, we can't link them up and we lose our visibility of what's going on. So pretty pretty early on, that's a pretty clear thing. We need to have a good strategy in place for that. And you know, in turn, maybe we have systems being pulled in to collect that systematically everywhere so we can do that kind of that joining. Other areas are data processing. So how do we turn that into new models? So we need this is where a more technical area where we actually need to bring in skills and maybe not consistently, but it's something that, you know, all the stuff around, do we need cloud technology or can we do it on premise and various other different technical aspects we need to do. We need to pull that resource in and we like to kind of work with a cons- consultancy for a while and then learn internally. Then we can kind of go on from ourselves from there. Um, in between that is data integration, which again is you know, help. You've got all this data collected. How do you integrate it and put, store it somewhere so it can be easily accessed? And yeah. um, tooling, are you just going to have dashboards for people to see and high, high up? Or are you going to build this for engineers who like to tinker and look at different experiments, do different experiments? You know, do we want to have them be able to do this themselves? Is that the kind of thing we want to train yeah. up? And the large, large thing is the general internal knowledge and skills. So um, do do we want to have a dedicated team? We've generally steered away from having a dedicated team. We prefer to upskill people. Much better for an engineer in, in the process to know how to analyze something rather than to go to some centralized resource who doesn't know the process. But yeah. we, we found this kind of distribution of skills across is much better than trying to centralize it because it just speeds the process up and keep, keeps us going on going there. Nice and smooth. And 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 we've we'll, we'll went to the, the the robust and scalability of that there. But let's bring it, you know, just to close off, let's bring it back to in hindsight, Graham, you've got a vast experience doing what you're doing within business and you've seen the pros and cons with that as well. Looking back, what would you say was your biggest challenge and obstacle that you that you face so that someone listening to this podcast can sort of, you know, already think about it ahead of actually implementing or doing it. So it's kind of links back to what you said at the start, to be fair, it's managing expectations. So on one side, you m- might have someone who thinks that data's 
analytics can solve everything magically really easily just uh go go do and we'll get answers that will magically transform our business and on the other end there's engineering teams we have a pretty pretty focused said we know everything there's nothing new that can be taught us they're kind of two different things and they have to be managed se- separately we've been burnt a couple of times in the early days from external companies will come in and they'll say you know just let us in for paying we'll take 15 percent of your cost out this, this just run it for our tour it'll tell you everything no and that that banned a few people yeah i've never let someone like that in again yeah. needs to be like pretty t- clear focus stuff because those kind of promises never for me they never seem to hold up flip side engineering teams the biggest challenge and problem is a lot of this stuff turns out to be experimental so you don't get it on the first go you might you tend to learn something new and the engineers there's an expectation to say once i've got some information i can immediately go on to the solution so engineers are there to solve problems that it's just okay i've got my day don't go and managing that and kind of say well this kind of says here there's a 40% 40% possibility here we should explore this, but the data isn't quite good enough. It's like, that's not good to me. It's like setting that expectation earlier up would have been better, I think, for, certainly from there. And especially where some of these, when you start getting into the analytics thing, some of them are a bit black boxy and you can't quite tell what's in there. Again, setting expectation about what can be on there, what can be learned. Again, people would feel much more comfortable for us to, the nice equation which says exactly what's going yeah. on it's not the expectation of what comes out of that yeah and um, so being burned by uh, over promises or external times as we're learning and de- i guess damaging the trust by not setting expectations quite and that it's not going to have an explicit answer necessarily straight away not without a few iterations so yeah they're probably the <laughs> biggest uh, regrets i would yeah, say interesting and, and it's and it's, it's you know, I, f- I think just kind of summarising everything up, you know, analytics can be used very effectively within any size of manufacturing, any sector. doesn't matter what sector, size, as I said, it's irrelevant. It's about actually what your business does and, and looking at the data that's within that, whether it be people, systems, processes, you know, raw material output, in that all and actually looking at it all and having the black and white numbers to be, be able to make business decisions quick, quicker and faster and having that, the, the data on hand or at your fingertips. But coming out the back of that, what can be forget for what can be missed is, is is the people collaboration within the business in terms of making sure that people are aware of why this is getting done, what value it has to the business, what how it benefits that individual person as well in terms of their jobs and people be people, there'll be different, mm-hmm. different personalities, different areas. It's about actually the leaders within that business communicating effectively enough where people understand, which is going to benefit the business going forward because what that leader has is the data at his fingertips, her, her fingertips to make the right business decisions to grow the business and, and uh, which is going to benefit everybody internally as well. Is that, would it be right in saying that? Yeah. yeah, I think you'd be right in saying that. I mean, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a cliche, but everything comes down to people and communication, people talking the same language and, being clear about what they're seeing at the end of the day. Um, and so, yeah, if people aren't collaborating, if people aren't talking, if people aren't sharing their information, that knowledge, when does anything in business work if yeah. you can't do that? 
Yeah, no, and it's spot on, and I really appreciate that input. Really good. Um, I enjoyed that. Graham, if, if anyone wants to reach out, sure, I'm always happy to chat and learn from other people as well. So, uh, best way is uh, I, I hopefully can be easily found on LinkedIn, but if not, uh, via email. So, it's actually graham.townsend at hexel.com or gmail.com if uh, personal is preferred. Yeah. Either way, yeah, that's normally the easiest way. Well, well, thank you very much, Graham. Really good insight. And that's us for this, this week's episode. Thanks for listening to the Prime Leadership Podcast. If you've made it this far, we take it that you enjoyed the show. In return, we'd love it if you would leave us a rating and a review on Spotify and Amazon Music. Subscribe whilst you're there and we'll catch you for the next episode.